You know, I'm thinking, John, I was probably the closest to you when you said very nice. That was probably me you heard. <laughs> probably was. John chapter 1, please. Page 587. Isn't it amazing the peace that God gives us even when there's no peace? When the world doesn't have peace, he still gives us peace in our, in our hearts with him, with each other. It's, it's amazing. And we find in John 1 the reason for that. Because of the uniqueness of this one that brings us peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 1. This will sound very familiar to what we read in Colossians chapter 1 earlier. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made but has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man whose name, excuse me, there, there came a man who was sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, or of a husband's will but born of God. The word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Again, verse 14, the word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise God. This is our life. This is what we're counting on. This is what we believe. And Christmas is a great time for us to focus on that because it causes us to focus on Him, the baby. In prayer meeting this week, um, Gary and Lisa Mao mentioned that in their in their recent move, they they you know they they're a little disorganized. They don't have everything exactly where it's supposed to be, and and they couldn't find everything when they were getting out the Christmas decorations. And they have a they have a, a nativity set, and they found all of it except the baby. Now their son Ryan said we should still put it up and put up a sign saying "Coming soon." Which I think, 
that's a pretty good idea. And then that, that, that started the, the wheels turning. That, that could really be a, a great witness to put out a, a nativity scene without Jesus in it and see what kind of questions it raises, what kind of conversations might come, come out of it. But it's not right for us, is it, to have a nativity scene without the baby. It's not right for us to celebrate Christmas without the baby. And so many people do. So much, so much of the celebration in our culture is completely devoid of the real purpose, the, the real reason, the baby. And here, the Apostle John, as we've been looking over these last three weeks now, the Apostle John helps us understand the special nature of this baby. The uniqueness of this baby. This, I mean, I got to see uh, baby Betsy this morning. And some of you were here and, and saw her. I don't know if she's still here now. But, but Rebecca Nichols brought the baby in. So sweet. So precious. But she's not the baby. You know, I've, I've got a couple of, of, you know, wonderful granddaughters who I think you've heard of. And they're wonderful, but they're not. They're not the baby. There's only one baby. There's, there's only one baby that can be described like this. The word became flesh. God himself taking on human flesh and living for a while among us. And then the apostle John, speaking for the rest of the apostles, said, we have seen his glory. That's a special ministry that the apostles had, the, the ministry of witness, of testifying to the glory of Christ. Because they saw his glory. Oh, they weren't there, his, his apostles, they weren't there you know, at, the, at the nativity scene, at the original nativity scene. They weren't there. They weren't among the shepherds. They weren't among the wise men. They weren't among the townspeople who, who saw this amazing thing happen. But they talked to people that were, including Jesus himself, who told them the story over and over again, I'm sure. But starting with his birth, people saw his glory. We depict it over here with this star coming down and and, and illuminating the the manger. That's how it was. It was more, more brilliant than that, more amazing than that. But he started in this world, even though in a very humble way, he started with great glory. The angels appearing to the shepherds that night. What an amazing sight that would have been. And it was all full of the glory of God. They were amazed. They stopped what they were doing and they went to find out what the angels were talking about. And when they got there, what did they find? A baby. But not just any baby. The baby. The word became flesh and dwelt for a while, dwelt for a while among us and lived for a while among us. And we, the apostles, he says, we saw his glory, the glory of the one and only son. What we saw, only the son of God could do. What did they see? They saw miracle after miracle. They saw more miracles in the life of Jesus in that three-year period of time than all the miracles performed by all the prophets in the Old Testament combined. Jesus came and showed his glory by healing the sick, by opening the eyes of the blind, by by opening the ears of the deaf, by raising up the lame, 
by raising the dead, by walking on water, by stilling the storm. They saw, three of them saw his special glory on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration when, when he met with Moses and Elijah in, in, the, in, his, in, in his great glory. They saw that and they were flabbergasted by it. They were amazed by it. Changed their lives forever seeing the, the brightness of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. They, these apostles, including John here, they saw his glory. He was no ordinary person. He was no ordinary baby. He was the one and only son of God. Full, full of grace and truth. And we we need to hear that this morning. We need to hear that living when we live and where we live. We need to hear that Jesus Christ, the the baby, the son of God, is full of grace and truth. Grace, remember, whenever you see grace in the Bible, always remember, think of gift. Always. Because that's what it means. Grace is something that somebody else purchases and gives to somebody else. And Jesus is full of that. He, he had to be full of that to even come and do this. To even enter into this world. Because remember, that straw is a lot cleaner than the straw he was laid in, wrapped in those cloths. He, he was born in a real stable, not a decorative one. It took grace, his purchase of a gift for us to come into this world. He knew what it was about. He wasn't coming in the way that he came just so that we could have special celebrations you know, um, about it. He had in mind the full scope of his ministry when he entered into this world. And that is depicted by the word grace. It's a gift. The Apostle Paul said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Lord, the baby. The baby, the gift of God. See, there it is. And John describes it in the, in the, in the verses just prior to this. He, he helps us understand grace when he says this. Yet to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What did we receive? We received the gift. We received the thing that was, that was purchased for us by somebody else, Jesus himself. Through his perfection, as we talked about last week, through his death on the cross, because he was perfect, he was able to offer himself on the cross for our sins. So that he would be paid the wages that we deserve to be paid. And in receiving those wages upon himself, he was purchasing 
the gift to give to us, which is eternal life through faith in him. You can't earn it. People have been trying for centuries to earn, for decades, or excuse me, for, for millennia to earn his favor. You can't do it. Religions have been invented to try to earn God's favor. You can't do it. It's, it's grace because Jesus is full of grace. That's the whole purpose behind his coming. Grace. To offer to us a gift that only he could provide, that only he could purchase. He has done that because of who he is. He's full of grace. But he's also full of of truth. And that's a concept that is becoming almost foreign to our culture. That there is something called truth. That there is really a true and false. Our our culture has decided that anything can be true if you want it to be. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, you wish hard enough and it, and it will become true for you. You believe hard enough and, and it will become true. Some, some of us have fallen into that trap. Some of us have probably said these very words. Well, you know, we don't, we don't really agree on what we believe, but as long as they believe in it, you know, from their hearts, I'm sure it's going to be fine for them. No, it's not. Because the baby, the son of God, he's full of truth. He is truth. And these, these apostles, including John, who writes this, this passage for us, they testified concerning his truth. We can believe their account. We can believe their record. John here later records in, in chapter 14, in the life of Jesus, the time when Jesus said to his apostles, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There Jesus himself, and he, and he did this many times, but that's the, that's the most clear statement where he just says it. I am the truth. I'm true. Everything that I've said is right. Everything that I've done is right. I am the truth. You can believe in me, and after you believe in me, everything else can make sense. Because I am the starting place. If you believe in me and everything that he did and said, then everything else can make sense. This is a tough world to understand. This is a a, a very difficult place to live. I'm not just talking about, you know, right here in Georgia. This world's a tough place. And, st- and, and things happen that, that we don't get, and, and we think, oh, man, is, is there really a God in charge of all this? And Jesus came into the world to say very boldly, yes, yes, you can believe me. 
And if something confuses you about what's going on, you can believe me. And you can trust, you can trust the word that I leave behind, that you will have the answers that you need to make sense of whatever it is that you're experiencing or whatever it is that you're confused about. Now, the things that cause us confusion, the things that, that, that cause us anguish, we don't have time this morning to go through all of those things, but I want to tell you this. Whatever that thing is for you or those things are for you, Jesus is the truth. And his word will help you understand what it is that's going on that's, that's causing you that confusion and that grief. Guaranteed. Because he is full of truth. When he came to live in this world, he came to show the world. And, and he, and he recorded, had it recorded so wonderfully and so faithfully so that we, 2,000 years later, can continue to see what he said and did. He did this so that we could trust him. He gave us these testimonies of these apostles so that we can trust him. He did it in such a a magnificent way that those who look into the documents themselves are amazed at how it's preserved for us. Oh, and you'll hear others say, oh, it's a bunch of baloney, it's a bunch of man talk, and, and it was all invented by religion, you know, for... Look at the lives of the apostles. The, the, the men that the Lord used to, re, to record this testimony, they didn't gain anything in this world for their testimony. In fact, they would have done a lot better for themselves if they just said, you know what, it's all, that's all a bunch of baloney. It didn't really happen that way. But you know what they did? They died for their testimony. They died saying, no, everything in that, in that testimony is true. Everything that I've said to you about the Lord Jesus Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection from the dead and his ascension to the right hand of the Father, all of it's true. I saw it. And we have those records. Even to the details of his amazing birth. These were eyewitness accounts. Recorded and preserved in a trustworthy fashion so that even today we can find the answers to the problems and the dilemmas that, that in some cases irritate us, to some cases almost paralyze us. Don't despair because Jesus Christ is full of truth just dig in. And don't stop after day one if all your answers aren't, if all your questions aren't answered. Dig in day two as well. And don't do it alone. God has given us the gift of the fellowship of the body of Christ. That's why we go to the trouble of getting up extra early on Sunday morning to come together to study the Word of God and and put together the other Bible studies that we have. That's why we do it. Because he has been so faithful to give us his Word, which provides us the answers to all of the questions that we have. And some of you are saying, well, wait a minute, i got some questions he hadn't answered. I'm going to tell you something. Dig into his Word, and you will see them answered. I promise you that. I promise you that. We even provide a forum on most Sunday nights, and we won't for the next few weeks, but on most Sunday nights we have a question and answer time for, for adults that are 
digging into the Word of God that want to find out some answers to some tough questions. Come on. All questions are welcome. And we'll dig in together and we'll show how the Word of God answers those questions because Jesus Christ, the living Word, is the truth. And we can count on him. And we can say in the context of our own culture, in the context of our own society, within our, the relationships that we share and the, the, our coworkers and all the people that we know in our ball teams and school associations and all those things, we can boldly say to them, when they say, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's whatever anybody thinks is all, is all okay. You know, the, the bumper sticker coexist, you know, with all the different religions. We can coexist, but that doesn't mean everything's true. There is truth, and Jesus Christ himself is that truth. And so, as we celebrate his birth, let's remember what makes it so so special. It's not all the lights and all the decorations. It's not all the presents and all the wrapping and all the gatherings. It's all based on who this baby is. He is the only son of God and the only person that can, can be said of that he's full of grace and truth. If you haven't received him, then you haven't understood the blessings, the benefits of his grace. Because what he did, he did for you. He calls all of us in his word. He calls all of us sinners. And you know what? He didn't even have to because we all knew it anyway. You can go all around the world. You can go to places that have never heard of Jesus and they know they're sinners because they've come up with some kind of system within their own, within their own cultures to try to alleviate the guilt of sin. Everybody does. But he says it in his word that all of us are sinners and that's why he came. And that's why the Apostle Paul was able to call what God did for us his ultimate act and demonstration of love. He says, for, he says this, For God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, not when we were all dressed up in our Christmas best, But while we were still sinners, before we ever went to church, before we ever learned a Bible verse, before we ever said a prayer, before we ever did one good thing, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. This is his grace. That's why he came. He knows how we are. He knows who we are. He knows the depths of our depravity. And he came anyway. John says it even though most people don't receive him, even though most people reject him, John said it. Yet to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I would tell you, I would encourage you. The apostle Paul used the word implore. I would implore you 
That's kind of like getting down on your knees and begging somebody. Receive Jesus. He is full of grace. Receive him. Don't wait. And if you've received him, then live in that grace and in that truth that he is. Shine as the witnesses of of John the Baptist and the apostles. Shine as they did as witnesses in their generation. Let us also shine for him, even as we celebrate during this season. And people are interested in talking about various things in this season that they aren't as interested in other times. Let's shine in our witness as we describe Jesus as being full of grace and truth. In a world that doesn't understand either of those two things, let us be the ones to say that Jesus is full of both. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we don't use that phrase lightly. We're humbled when we say it. Because we know we don't deserve to be your children, to be able to call you Father. But we also know that we can do it because that's who we are because of Jesus. Your only Son, full of grace and truth. Help us to glory in your grace and truth. Help us to find our satisfaction, our purpose, our meaning in your grace and truth. We pray for those that we know that still haven't received Jesus. We pray for any who are here this morning who still haven't received Jesus. Give them the courage and the faith to say no to everything else and anything else they've ever trusted and or believed in for their eternal life or for their forgiveness. Help them to say no to those things and yes, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Help them to receive the wonderful gift of eternal life through the forgiveness of sins that only Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth, can give. And Father, we ask that you'd shine through us during this season all the time, but especially during this season right now that we're in, that others might understand from us because we've received you but they might also, might also understand that they can receive you regardless of what they've ever said or done or been involved in, that your forgiveness is far-reaching, covering every sin that's ever been committed by anyone who will call on the name of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to finish.